Anyways, uh, quick updates. How was your workout? I had a today. Actually, yeah. was a horrible workout. I was I got killed with upper body. Oh, specifically, not even upper body. It's carries. I've been doing a lot of like farmers walks and crucifix carries and stuff like that, and I hate them. I want to puke every time I do them. I did this one today. This and this and this, or yesterday. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't do it today. I had to stay home because. I had appointments I had to do, so I wasn't able to go to the gym today. But it's okay because I'm getting, I'm still getting two two days in a week. Also, my hamstring is sore, but it's not like I don't think it's like pulled anymore. It's just sore. But I'm gonna slowly start working into jumping again. Okay. We get one more. I'm gonna lift tomorrow. Saturday I'll do upper, and then maybe Sunday I'll do a low room session. Like pretty easy. You must not want it bad enough, John. Missing workouts. <laughs> Dude. I had therapy, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the weights prioritized over mental health. Come on. <laughs> Physical health over mental health. It doesn't matter if you're a zombie. What's the what's the Mark Bell shirt? Just li- lift through it. Lift through it, yeah. yeah. Just lift through it. <laughs> lift strong. Just numb yourself with the pain of lifting. It, it'll Actually, there is some evidence that shows that exercise is actually more effective than SSRIs. In the early stages for your meds hit so it is actually very super important actually and i thought about it but what happened is my brother got home as we finished that last call i was able to do it for those listening welcome to the podcast uh we are (laughs) going to talk about hip thrust today but for those listening we are doing a course right now a business course and we're diving into it and so we're listening to all this stuff and it's like basically a 90 day degree and a 90 day business degree (laughs) in like marketing and sales um and so we're just like diving into it anyways that said uh he got home at the end of that and i was like well i'm gonna spend time with them and then i was like i'm not driving 45 minutes to go to umd when my brother's not even coming with me i could lift downstairs in the basement maybe i'll do that anyways getting into lifting because we're talking about it anyways uh let's let's talk about the uh booty blaster 3000 one of the most favorite exercises by thp strength athletes it is the uh bicep bro workout for dunkers it is the ego lift for dunkers isaiah it is the hip thrust um so starting off what is your what is your current hip thrust uh barbell barbell hip thrust uh, i think i've done have you hit five? Five hundred something, definitely five hundred something. Ooh-wee. I did. I remember doing five hundred when we first, like, it was like the first day me and Austin went to the gym. Uh, in the first cycle, you loaded for me, like the first jump training cycle, and I hit five hundred. And I remember my back hurt. <laughs> it hurt that day. I, I was using horrible technique on it. Yeah. Um, and then recent, last time I, last time I did a barbell hip thrust. I did five plates for reps. It was at, it was when we were in the Bay Area. How much was it? It was five four ninety five for reps, like for probably like sets of five. That's crazy. You are so much stronger. Uh, I remember that, and I was like, damn, I cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're full. They're like when I when I do hip thrust, they're like, like, like first under your back, like you're not supposed to. Like, like I'm like going down and then I don't hyperextend, but I, I, I like a lot of people, they don't go down very far. Right. Like I like, I like go down to like my butt almost touches the ground and then to parallel or, oh. or to like neutral hip. 
the top of the rep is the hardest part. The bottom isn't. You know that, right? Really? Yeah. No. Because of the, I guess it has to do with like it's 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 not the length tension relationship. I think it has to do with the moment. Like it has to do with the way that the torques are generated because or like the external torques are because it's on your back because that's where like your your axis of rotation is and it's also on your feet and i've thought about this before and when you're all the way up it increases the le- like the uh, the moment arm at the hip um so the top of the rep is actually the hardest part mm. <clears throat> now you know anyways so my hip thrust max i've done 500 for i think three maybe two or three and I did it on yeah. the box. And with that exercise, I will say this. The height of the box makes such a massive difference. Yeah. And and can also make the difference in how annoying it is to set up. Yes. And how hard it is to actually like get the weight up. Because if you use a Smith machine, I actually feel like it is infinitely easier to set that exercise up and do it quickly. Um, because yeah. and like you can go, you don't have to go all the way down on the floor. And then you can get set up on a higher box, basically, and kind of like, like you can get set up on the box really easily. And you can, you can, you don't have to bring the weight all the way down. And then you struggle to like reposition your back. Because when you do that exercise, what will make it harder is how far away your feet are from the bar. Like, so what you're supposed to do is at the top of the rep, it's 90 degrees at your knee. Um, I bunch my feet in closer to the barbell and it makes it infinitely easier because again you're shortening the external moment arm um so if your feet are further out then it's going to be a lot harder and it also changes the load on the like respective muscle groups so your hamstring crosses two joints as we know you know that right Isaiah yeah I guess this is for the listeners and so your hamstring crosses two joints and your uh and obviously it crosses the knee and the hip and so when you do a hip thrust you're extending the knee and you're extending at the hip. Well, the hamstring flexes the knee and extends the hip. So it's kind of in this weird, like not technically isometric condition. It's actually shortening at the hip and it's lengthening at the knee on the up phase of the rep. And so you can still get, uh, and at least what I found is a little bit more hamstring uh, activity if you change the length of the hamstring, meaning if you walk your feet out further. So I usually feel it more in my hamstrings if I walk my feet out further. If I keep the feet pretty close to my butt, I definitely get more of like a hip dominant movement, which makes sense because, again, you're changing the moment arm and your glute only crosses the hip joint. So it crosses like different angles of the hip joint, but it still crosses just the hip joint. Um, So when I do it, I walk the feet all the way in. So much easier. I think there's – you said what? I think you actually have a wider – like you walk your feet out further, I think. Yeah, I think I'm in like a new like I'm like in between like I'm not like a either extreme. Um, I think there there's also more quad involvement when your feet are closer in as well. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense too because you're extending the knee um, Mm -hmm. and more flexion. Do you ever feel hip thrusts in your in your quad tendon? So I've felt it on my. Patella? I've I felt yeah I felt it on my patella when my knee was really bad. Yeah, it's kind of funny because people look at that and they're like, "Oh, uh, it doesn't work." To, like, oh, like people with knee problems will come to us and they'll be like, "Oh, I like I can do hip thrust; it doesn't bother my knees at all." And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that, yeah. <laughs> uh, because it does still use your quad like pretty aggressively, actually. Um, not as much as like a squat or anything. I haven't even gotten close to as much 
activity on that, especially depending on how you push. So if you push through the ball of your foot mm -hmm. versus like your heel, like your heel is almost like so well for me, I feel a lot more like when I turn the feet out slightly and almost like externally rotate a little bit, I get a lot more of my hip. Whereas yeah. if like were to push through my toe, hypothetically, I would get a lot more of my my quad on that. But it, it changes slightly like the positioning. That's that's yeah. my experience. Is that yours? Uh yeah, I, I haven't I haven't messed around with uh like externally rotating my feet. I have messed around with ball of the foot versus heel, um, and I I feel it a lot more in my butt. I think pushing through the heel. Yeah, I think too. It's also like you push back on the bench more when you use the ball of your foot versus like your heel feels more like you're just pushing straight down to the ground. Um, yeah. And we don't have like you know force play data to verify this, but you know, qualitatively, at least that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, so with that said, I guess, what do you think? Do you like the lift? Do you not like the lift? Do you feel like it's helped you? Um, how would you put it into an? Yeah, we'll start there. So in the book, science and practice of strength training, there's a, there's like this little part. It says to find out what exercises have the best transfer, like the exercises that are most specific to whatever sport you're playing. It says do the activity at like a high intensity or volume. And then the next day, like pay attention to what muscle groups are sore. And I think that's like pretty interesting. It only works, I think, if you haven't like been active. Because uh, generally, like, I don't if you're if you've been playing basketball every day, for example, you're not going to get sore from basketball. Um, same with dunking. But when I have sessions where it's my first session back after some time off or it's like a long session when I've been doing 30 minute sessions. Uh, the muscle groups that are most sore is my left quad and my left butt cheek. Like that is like extreme soreness. Um, other, other, and then strangely enough, not strangely, uh, but I, I think people don't, they don't realize how much you involve like your, your traps, but my traps is like the third most sore muscle group uh, after dunking, because that's like, when you're when you do an arm swing, you're literally shrugging up. Um, but yeah, so the butt is one of the most sore muscle groups, and I think nothing really targets that like a like a hip thrust. So on paper, uh, it makes sense that it would have transfer and that it would be specific. Me personally, I don't know if I've ever seen a big transfer and. I think the reason why is because I rarely I don't think we've ever really used it as like a, a yeah like a, a just a max strength like it's usually to um, get like some posterior chain work at the end of the workout um, but we've never actually I've never went in there maxed out my hip thrust and then went like and did sets at 85% or 90% of my hip thrust I think that would be one really hard to set up I don't I don't even know what my true power is on the on the hip thrust. Um, and then it's also tough to actually, I think it's I, and for me and my personal experience, it's tough to have good technique when you start getting to maximal loads on hip thrust because you have to have a really good understanding of your like spine, how your spine moves. And so many people are like motor morons with their spines. <laughs> Um, like they don't, especially when you're at the top, it's easy to keep your neutral spine, but
But at the bottom, a lot of people mess that up. Like they'll either be like arched or they'll like round at the bottom. And then there's a lot of movement versus like you, you, it should be a like you always say a stiff chassis. Like it should just be locked. And then you're like rotating around that. Um, What's interesting too is like Brett Contreras has actually said like, oh, slightly posteriorly tilt your uh, posteriorly tilt your pelvis, I think, at the top, which is interesting because like that would absolutely load your, like your hip, but it also, you know, can hurt your lower back, like especially the L5S1 and yeah. people. I'm, I'm fairly con- I'm fairly confident. Don't quote me on that, but I'm fairly confident it's one of the QZ says to slight posteriorly tilt. And, uh, you know, like to get more glute activity, that definitely would happen. Um, but to, you know, really uh, keep your spine fully safe, uh, maybe iffy. The other thing that people do is they flare their ribs up a bunch and then they hyperextend their back at the top to get that little bit of extra extra range of motion. Um, yeah. And so I've seen that as well. I actually don't like guys to hyperextend at the top, like hip hyperextend at the top. I think it actually like is bad when you arch your back to like get the weight up. And I mean, I understand if you're like on one of the machines, which are really called like glute blaster, but it's basically <laughs> just a hip thrust machine. And uh, I did that the other day at Maryland, by the way, I told Isaiah about this, but I put, I like started out and I put one plate on each side and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna go all the way up. So there was like this, this like, you know, super attractive girl like on it. And I was just like, hey, I don't know how to use this machine. I've never done it before. How many sets do you have left? She's like one. I was like, okay, cool. Can you show me how you do this? And she was like, yeah. So I was like, all right, I look like an idiot right now, but I do not care. <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, she was like, do you want to leave the 45, like two 45s on each side? I was like, uh, I've never done this before. Take the 25s off. We'll just leave the 45s on, which made me again, look ridiculous. But I was like, I don't care. I've never done this. So it was like a seatbelt thing. And then you like, just whatever, lift it up. So I put another 45 on each side. So I'm at three, put another 45 on each side. I'm at four. And I'm like doing sets of eight. And I'm like, I think I do five, like 45s, do five 45s on each side, rip it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to put 25 on each side. That's the last that was pretty hard. Rip it again. And I'm like, all right, I got three reps on that. Like I'm getting another set of 45s on this bitch. (laughs) So I have six 45s on each side, 12 45s. Plus you said it's 25 pounds loaded. It's yeah. It's either 25 or 20. Let's say 25 for the sake of my ego. Um, so I had 565 on this bitch and I just like, I repped it for three and this dude, there's a power lifter who's just like very, he was actually very strong. I could tell, but he's just like staring at me. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Me <laughs> <laughs> screwed up, but I did hyperextend on the last rep because I, it has a lockout position at the top and I was yeah. like, shit, I have to get all the way to the top. Like you take these handles, you pull them towards you to lock it out, like to set the, to rack the weight. So I obviously did that at the top and I like kind of cheated a little bit to get it, but I did get it. So technically it was like four reps. Yeah. Reform cheap rep, but still counts. Uh, I wonder what like the world record hip thrust could be. Like if you had one of those like massive, like strong men. Yeah. And you would, you would honestly, I think the limiter would be bruising your hip more than anything else. Like it was killing, like I have a, a bruise like on my hips from the belt. Yeah. Oh, that's how much weight it was. Um, that's one of the most annoying parts of hip thrusting is the the pressure on the hips and the setup. And this like comes back into it, and I have no shame doing it. I think it's hilarious because like you get these just gym bros in there, and they're like, "What the hell is this twig boy doing hip thrusting?" Yeah, six hundred pounds or whatever. <laughs> and they're just like they're over there doing like their machine rows at like you know whatever three fifteen or whatever, and I'm just like. I'm going to hit thrust 600 pounds. Like, 
<laughs> stupid. <laughs> um, like it's funny to me. It's like one of those things. Yeah. So it is the ego lift of dunkers. We very much agree. But on setting it up, it does suck. I don't like it. Uh, do you? Did you buy one of the pads on Amazon for it? Uh, Blue balance. No, I think we were using the stability pad. That's yeah, what we would use. That works really well, actually. Unless it's yeah. like, and then it just absolutely crushes your hips. Yeah. Um. So get, getting into the specifics of it, though, in terms of like biomechanics, X Fizz, do we think that it is a good lift? Um. I actually love hip thrust. I, I think that, like Isaiah said, it's hard to standardize. It's not like a pull-up or a push-up that's like pretty easy to standardize or like a squat or a bench press. Like in a squat, it, like for me, it's I prefer using high bar deep squat for my athletes. So they can do it. I want to see them do it. So yeah. it's, uh, when you're down, you're down. You know, that's the ideal situation. I want to see the pelvis rota- rotate at the bottom. Um, but for hip thrusts, it's very hard to see those little nuances. And so that said, like I think it's relative and it really comes down to like is it – safe so is it does it hurt your back is usually where you're going to feel it it's usually you can load the hell out of that exercise and you won't usually feel it but sometimes if you go heavy enough you will like isaiah did when he did 500 and then um is it effective and i think for one foot especially it really has made a really difference uh because i can't deadlift very often and I, i can do rdls but my hips are a lot stronger than my my quads are um and i you can just look at like my lifts and you could pretty much observe that my hips and my calves are so strong compared to like most other people and uh i think that the reason that that is is because one foot jumping is going to be like it's going to use your hip in a really unique way because the pelvis uh undulates and oscillates when you plant and not that it doesn't do that in two foot because it does um but it like your pelvis gets a uh like jarred upwards um and you kind of like the push is a really unique kind of like hip hike action as you're pushing with your calf and like really aggressively stretching the achilles and then it's really just being strong in like an eighth squat you know like you don't really very much but you have to be able to amortize and produce a shit ton of force in that position at the knee especially so i think that the hip like generates a ton a ton of lift if your knee is strong enough to handle the braking forces um, and push upwards, you know, in unison with your with your calf and your uh, your hip and your knee. So if one of those if there's a breakdown in one of those areas, like if your knee is not strong enough to handle the force from your hip or your like calf, then you're either going to get Achilles pain or you're going to get knee pain. Um, sometimes I've seen athletes hips give out, but that's like very rare. Like Austin has it happen, actually. It has happened frequently. Yeah. And I think it's actually because he just generates so much peak force and his hip just gets jarred into the socket um, so aggressively that it's like he cannot amortize. He cannot turn around the momentum from that like sensation. So I do think it's very specific. I haven't really periodized it in programs outside of volume and intensity, but I think that you could do like a really cool progression if you were to build in, you know, some force velocity stuff. I really wouldn't do it for velocity though, probably. Oh, here we go. How much is this? 500? Yep easy it paused um it's not the full video i did more <laughs> says softbox too that's pretty impressive yeah. um so yeah that's my that's my feelings about it i do like it i do like programming it i think it's good for posterior chain work uh, it's also good for back rehab yeah if you it's it's a good progression into like hinging so like if you're right like for back rehab like you should take everything that hurts away and then hip thrust is one of the first I, I would start with like glute bridges 
um, and just make sure you can do that pain-free. And then you can start loading up hip thrusts. And once you can go pretty heavy with that, that's when it's good to like reintroduce like RDL and hinging movements. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we do that with a lot of our athletes. Uh, I think that knowing how to handle those progressions is like one of the most important things you can do uh, as a coach and knowing when to integrate it and still be able to train the athlete and not let, you know, not stop them yeah. from training or to stop them from detraining maintain yeah. qualities and then also yeah like use it as a stamp of approval for doing deadlifts or other motions is really really good um yeah so do you have anything else about the hip thrusting no that? i i think it's i think it's important i think like training the glutes is really important in general for jumping um who said wasn't there a dunker dunkers the pump? most important like was there a dunker that was like, this is the most important lift, like that your hip is like everything? Was it that Jay sounds that sounds familiar? I don't I don't remember who it was. I think Jay Clark always said like he felt his hips so much in jumping and that like he really liked the hip thrust. It was like maybe yeah. one. I don't I remember who it was. Um, but yeah, I think like dunkers are some of the, the thickest athletes, man. <laughs> <laughs> so train train the glutes. THP develops glutes really well. And we'll give you the the cake just a, a freaking isaiah's actually we talk about this often we don't like to objectify him but <laughs> yeah i'm pretty hey, I'm, I'm objectified he's he's got a caboose i, yeah. <laughs> I have to film my squats for, from the front now instead of the back <laughs> because the youtube comments just get out. it's it's it'll all just be gay comments if i film if i post a hamstring curl video an rdl or a squat video where it's like my butt is showing it, it'll be like 30 percent gay comments like like is it from the gay community or is it like people no like it's like guys trolling <laughs> incredible um yeah. hey man engagement is engagement maybe you yep, yep. from the backside more often uh maybe we should start maybe we should start doing uh facebook ads targeting <laughs> into thoughts <laughs> get, the, get into that into that community <laughs> i i think we should no <laughs> dude it's so funny like like if, if you and i wanted to we could we could bodybuild and probably crush it because it's so simple honestly and, and like bodybuilders listening just like no it's not and it's like yeah it is uh yeah. you just like super basic. training is training man people don't understand that we are good at training for any goal like if you want to build muscle mass we know how to do that if you want to get your squat and deadlift like power lift we can do that if you want to jump high we can do that if you want to jump high you can do that if you want to run long distance we can do that it's and like, i think that's what makes it good yeah. yeah like it's it's all the same stuff just like a different shade of gray and different mm -hmm. you know stimuli or whatever else anyways um so like you know sometimes i'll date these girls and they're like oh i go to the gym like i work out like five days a week or whatever and i'm like oh you probably don't want my opinion on it like what do i know and i'm like meanwhile i'm like i'm one of the best fucking strength addition coaches in the country yeah <laughs> like like train like for training you know like my mm -hmm. or whatever else and like nah, you know I've, i can help you because i don't look like a bodybuilder so therefore i don't know what i'm doing like it's the stupidest yeah. fallacy ever it, but whatever it's crazy the <laughs> the regular person like the average joe like the lay people out there yeah. Who, yeah who have done like an actual thp workout i've gotten crazy ass results but 90% of regular people that I try to put on the training is just is just too hard or it's too like the movements are too like they don't want to go out and sprint you know what I mean or do like a dynamic warm-up um but I remember the one person that has done it consistently is my little sister she does not 
jump or anything like that. Not a jumping athlete. And she goes out there and does the full warm-ups, the, like, the jump circuits and shit like that. And, like, she, she got great results. Like, she lost a shit ton of weight when she first got on. So, it works. Training's training. It, I agree. I very much agree. <clears throat> um, well, that said, I feel like it's a good point to wrap it up. As always, guys, like, comment, subscribe if you're looking for the best jump coaching in the entire world where Isaiah and myself will work with you guys individually, get on one-on-one calls with you guys, be able to assess your technique, both jumping and lifting, and then also write your programming for whatever needs you have. Back pain, you know, we we adjust for that. Knee pain, we adjust for that. Achilles pain, we adjust for that. Um, we're, we're good as shit at what we do and we love it. Um, and we want you guys to improve and we're really passionate about that. So if you're serious about getting better and you want to work with us, um, go to thbstrength.com and we would love to have the opportunity to coach you guys and hope you guys achieve your goals. Isaiah, do you got anything else? That's pretty much it. We'll catch you guys in the next podcast. All right. Peace.